Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. I am so excited to share my interview, this intimate interview that I had with Jane Fonda. When she received the Cecil B. DeMille Award for her outstanding body of work over decades, I felt like a, a family friend had won. I was so excited for Jane. Let me tell you how I know Jane Fonda. Uh, years ago, Jane, along with some other feminists like Gloria Steinem, Rosie O'Donnell, Billie Jean King, started this all-women's talk radio network called the Greenstone Media. And I was one of their four shows. And so this was a, a time when women were trying to elbow their way into the, the landscape of talk radio, which was dominated mostly by men. So this was a very, very uh, ambitious journey. It didn't last very long, but I'm going to tell you, we had a ball and uh, did some good programming. And now the landscape of radio has certainly changed, but I will never forget being able to work with Jane Fonda. I absolutely adore this woman. And as you will hear in this interview, she is so open, so real, so down to earth. I was especially proud of Jane when she stood before the virtual crowd and giving her virtual speech at the Golden Globes, and she advocated for diversity. I was so proud of her. She says stories, they really can change people. And um, she says that we need to hear more stories. Fonda is a longtime activist. As you know, she's been very vocal on feminism, environmental issues. You might remember an anti-Vietnam war stance she took early on in her career, which gained her the moniker Hanoi Jane. And she's been arrested about six times at protests. But <laughs> Jane, even at 83, keeps it real and keeps it moving. And also one of my favorite shows is Grace and Frankie. And, you know, Jane is proving that you can be 83 years old, look fabulous, have your own sitcom, win a major award like the Golden Globe Cecil B. DeMille Award, and even have a cute boyfriend. Jane talks about romance in this interview. And, you know, she was just in the New York Post talking about how she didn't want to get married again. She didn't have to ask anybody what to watch on TV. <laughs> She's been married three times. She does have a boyfriend, but she says, uh-uh, no more marriage for the kid here. I like my independence. Get ready, because this is a very intimate interview. Jane was very open, not only about love, but also about forgiveness. Jane's mother committed suicide when she was 12, and Jane would later learn that she was sexually abused. Jane says she was too, and she's going to talk with us about it in this interview. Jane Fonda, like you've never heard before, right here on Rolanda On Demand. And then a little later in this podcast, we're going to talk to Dr. Julianne Malveaux, who's going to talk to us about some awesome women of history. That's in this episode of Rolanda On Demand. It's road time. Welcome to Rolanda On Demand. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, and information that can help you in your business or relationships. This is Rolanda On Demand. Just say the name Jane Fonda, and it conjures up so many memories and images from an American actress, writer, political activist, fashion model, fitness guru, 
and of course, Barbarella. You might even remember her twice receiving the Academy Award. Jane Fonda, boy, is she something else. She's starring in television roles, movie roles. In fact, they're talking about bringing back the famous nine to five. Jane Fonda is many, many things. I got to meet Jane many years ago when I actually worked for her, part of her media group called Greenstone Media Network. It was a group of feminist women, Jane Fonda, Billie Jean King, Rosie O'Donnell, Gloria Steinem, a group of feminists who started a radio network. It was very short-lived, but we certainly got to know each other and for a good cause. Jane came on my show several times. It was very honest and open about love, about motherhood, about friendship, about forgiveness, and very open about her sexual abuse. Not only was she sexually abused, it's the one thing she and her mom shared, both being victims of sexual abuse. In this episode of Rolanda On Demand, you're going to hear an open, honest, and frank conversation about motherhood from Jane Fonda. It may be a side of her that you've never heard before. I love breastfeeding. I loved, yeah, I loved early, early on. I loved being pregnant, and I loved the tiny little baby breastfeeding that period of time. She also reveals so much about her own bipolar mother having to deal with her suicide and the forgiveness. I got her medical records from the institution where she killed herself, and in the records, what did I learn? That she had been sexually abused. Mm. And the minute I read that, I understood everything about why she was the way she was. Mm -hmm. Jane Fonda tells it like it is today here on Rolanda On Demand, and you may be surprised at many of her revelations on Rolanda On Demand. It's road time. Welcome to Rolanda On Demand. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, and information that can help you in your business or relationships. This is Rolanda On Demand. It's Rolanda. I've heard people who say walking is the body's way of praying. It's just that involuntary thing that that God put us together to do. You know, it's true. And the thing that athletes do when they're preparing for an event is they do sports-specific training. So if I'm going to do a cycling event, I cycle. Mm -hmm. Well, walking is our activity for our event, which is life. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. You're listening to Rolanda, and this is Rolanda Watts. We have Jane Fonda in. Now, you're a mom yourself, Jane. I'm a mom, a grandmom. I've had a mom. Know all about moms. (laughs) And let me just say something, because I think it's, it's, it's on the minds of a lot of people. Okay. We, working women, are often made to feel that we... If we were really good moms, we would stop working, as though a lot of people had a choice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. Women may work for lower wages and no benefits, but still, we have to work. That's it's not right. always a matter of choice. But as a woman who has worked all of my adult life, including while I was 
stumbling around trying to raise a couple of kids, um, I, I've learned one thing. It's not about whether you work all the time or not. It, it, it's not about whether you stay home all the time. It's about when you are home, really being present, mm -hmm. really showing up for your child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I will have to say that for my first child, I, I didn't know how to do that. If it wasn't done for you, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it doesn't automatically come to you. Um, by showing up, I mean being able to really take the duct tape off your eyes and look at this little person for who he or she is, not who you want her to be, but see her, countenance her. Mm -hmm. Because what a parent does, what a mother does, is reflect her child back from her eyes with love. Mm -hmm. And listen instead of talk at. And put the rest of your life aside for that period of time. That, that's what really makes a good parent. I think that's such great advice because I think so many mothers get overwhelmed with, am I doing a good job? Am I a good mother? Because we have so many different pressures on us every day and so many long lists here and there that... There's a time, I think, when a lot of mothers really worry if they're doing the right thing. We just have to love them and show up for them and listen to them and let them know that we don't judge, that we love them unconditionally. These that doesn't mean we have to the kids. We mm -hmm. don't have to love everything they do. You know, I really don't like what you just did there, Troy. I love you desperately, but I don't like what you did just then. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And, and let them know from early on that you're, that you're there for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, if you wait too long, like around, you know, the big talk about sex, that's not good because then everybody's uncomfortable, embarrassed, and it's tough to talk about. But if your child from early on knows that you're prepared to, like when you notice that your little boy is, like I did with my son when he was five, six, seven, that he was beginning to be a little twitterpated around <laughs> certain girls, you know, talk to him about it. You know, do you, do you kind of feel a little sort of tingling in your body when you see her? Is there <laughs> oh, sort Mom. of a, a special feeling, yeah. you know? And, and then, you know, later on say, well, that's totally normal. doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. But that's great. That means you're beginning to, to grow. Your to eyes grow just up light bit. up when you talk about Troy. Yeah, well, was, if was, you knew him, you'd understand why. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter. What is the greatest thing about being a mom for you? I mean, what was the biggest joy of motherhood for you? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, different women are, are, are different. I, I love breastfeeding. Really? I loved, yeah, I loved early, early on. I loved being pregnant and I loved the tiny little baby breastfeeding that period of time. And then I love it now when they're growing up and I knew that, and I know they're okay. I mm -hmm. mean, they are good people. <laughs> the in-between part, sometimes you want to, you know, the call at three in the morning from the mm -hmm. police station my son, when he was when he was in his teens in Santa Monica High School, he was part of a of a graffiti gang, mm. and uh, I didn't know it. I mean, now that he's grown up and he tells me the stuff he was doing then, I my I just wanted. I think <laughs> I mean I have no idea. Ignorance is but, bliss. But you know, like a lot of people, I got the call at three in the morning. Come and get your son down at the police station. Mm. They were all busted, and and. Um, I don't know. I I I. 
I have very loving kids mm -hmm. and very smart and, and good kids. I've been fortunate, too, because I've had good husbands. My husbands, they weren't always good husbands, but they were good fathers, mm -hmm. really good fathers. You lost your mom when you were 12? Yes. Do you remember the things that she left for you, the things that she taught you, the words that she said that have helped you become the woman that you are today? Oh, Lord. My mother suffered from bipolar disorder, mm -hmm. and... The things that she would say to me made no sense whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> like she said to me one time, never marry, I was seven, never marry a m musician. I'm thinking, why is she telling me well, this? Well, Jane, that may not be bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I... Or what is a wonderful memory you have of your mom? I've been working hard on trying to find those memories. It was very difficult. She killed herself when I was 12. I'm sorry. And she was mentally ill mm -hmm. and um, did not know how to be present, mm -hmm. you know. Coming up, Jane reveals how she found out her mother's deepest secret, plus Jane's idea of romance and what she thinks about kissing. And later in this podcast, Dr. Julianne Malveaux joins us. The 15th president of Bennett College talks with us about some historic and most amazing women as we celebrate Women's History Month here on Rolanda On Demand. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. Promise me you'll tell like 10 friends to come and subscribe as well. Enjoy the archives. Go and download some other good podcasts and take me with you in your pocket. And if you really like the show, could you please leave me a review and a rating? That would mean the world to me. And follow me on social media every day of the week at Rolanda Watts. That's R-O-L-O-N-D-A-W-A-T-T-S at Rolanda Watts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's row time. Welcome back to Rolanda On Demand. Now, let's get back to Jane Fonda. Or what is a wonderful memory you have of your mom? I've been working hard on trying to find those memories. It was very difficult. She killed herself when I was 12. I'm sorry. And she was mentally ill mm -hmm. and um, did not know how to be present. You mm -hmm. know, when I was writing my memoirs, my mm -hmm. life so far, I did research I dedicated to my mother because I wanted to find out what kind of, who she was. I didn't know she died when I was so young and most people that knew her. Anyway, I got her medical records from the institution where she killed herself and in the records, what did I learn? That she had been sexually abused. Mm. And the minute I read that, I understood everything about why she was the way she was. Mm -hmm. Because for 10 years, I had been studying sexual abuse. I didn't know why I was drawn to Isn't study this. Something? It was like I was supposed to know this. That's right. So that when I read that one sentence, mm -hmm. I, would, I would be able to understand her and forgive her. And it's why I have such... You know, this this work that I do in Georgia with young boys and girls, this is my calling because it's part of my DNA. Because when a mother has been sexually abused as a girl, 
they live under a cloud of guilt because the, 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 the woman always feels it was her fault. The girl, girl always feels it's her fault, you know, which is an oxymoron because why would, why, why would it be the girl's fault? Because exactly. it's usually a bigger, older man who's abusing her, oftentimes a family friend or a family member. Mm-hmm. But that guilt is passed on to the daughter. Mm-hmm. Jane, you know something? That might have been the greatest gift you gave back to your mother, what you just said right there. The forgiving her. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And working, and working with girls so that they can heal from sexual abuse. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us and for being so open and honest with us as well. I'm you sure. You can't help anybody else unless you're open and honest about what you have to say. That's right. right. When we come back, we're going to lighten up the subject a bit with Jane Fonda as we talk about love, romance, and how much she likes to kiss. Yep, Jane's keeping it real. (laughs) Here on Rolanda, I just love this woman. I absolutely love her. Uh, Don't forget, after we talk with Jane, we're going to talk with Dr. Julianne Malveaux who wrote a book about some historic women, most of whom I bet you've never even heard of, but who have done amazing things. So stick around, stay tuned for that. Hey, don't forget to follow me in all forms of social media, at Rolanda Watts. I'm everywhere out there. And if you like the show, please leave a rating and review. I would love to hear from you. So stick around, more with Golden Globe winner, Jane Fonda, right after this. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. Every day, 5 o'clock, stop everything else, turn off TV, whatever. So Max, come on, we're going to go sit on the front step and look at the world. Aww. And he would take his orange juice and I'd you know, take some water and we'd just sit on the front steps for 20 minutes. Hey Max, I see something red, do you see something red? And we'd just look at the world. And the day mom came home, around 5 o'clock, she was, you know, well, that's usually, he gets one hour TV a day. So she said, okay Max, you want to go watch your TV? Said, no, Daddy and I got to go look at the world. Aww. Talk, listen, connect. It's Rolanda. Ro, she said, I sit here and wash my dishes listening to you. Oh, that's And she said, you're my kitchen companion. That's what the whole thing is that you talk about and I talk about, too, is that is going for your dreams, trying something new, not being afraid to fail. We need to have passion in whatever we do. Without that passion, which is where the center of our creativity is, you're not going to have a fulfilling life. There's more Rolanda next. Talk. Listen. Connect. I am so excited to share my interview with you today with Golden Globe winner Jane Fonda. I absolutely adore this woman. I got to meet Jane because she was actually my boss. Um, She and Gloria Steinem and Billie Jean King and Rosie O'Donnell, a group of fine feminists, uh, started Greenstone Media, a radio uh, network. It was just for women. It didn't last very long, but they certainly did try to break into the all-male dominated at the time uh, talk radio arena. And I was so happy to be one of the four shows. It was just a wonderful, you know, short-lived uh, project, but it was just wonderful to work with these women. And Jane was always so open and giving and just as, well, as you can tell in the the interview, she's just so real. She's the real deal, as they say. And I'm so proud of her. And she gives us all so much inspiration that as we get into our older years, our mature years, uh, where I am now, uh, that 
there's still so much work to do and so much good to be done. And you can look fabulous doing it. Well, let's not take up any more time. Let's get back to Jane, who is going to talk with us about love and romance and kissing. When I caught up with Jane for this interview, it was around Valentine's Day. Cupid ran through Rolanda's neighborhood, and guess who was chasing him? <laughs> Jane Fonda. <laughs> Jane is back in the neighborhood. I'm so glad you stopped by today. <laughs> so what are you doing for Valentine's Day? You know something? I don't do anything for Valentine's Day. Uh, I spend the year trying to give love and bring love into my life. And for me, Valentine's Day is just a kind of a, a day of reminder of the importance of love. You know, I don't like either Christmas or Easter or Halloween or Valentine's Day. None of these, they've become so commercial. You know, sure. you have to buy things and you have, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't even send cards, although I sure like to get them. And all of Ted's kids, my Ted Turner, my favorite ex-husband, his <laughs> kids always send me Valentine's on Valentine's Day and that's always nice. Um, and Ted sends me flowers and... Maybe a few more people will be sending me flowers this year. <laughs> but, but I just, it sounds so corny, but love needs to be at the core of everything. You know, we should spend our lives learning how to evolve in such a way that our hearts open. Mm -hmm. Because once our hearts open, then... We can love and forgive and be present for everyone, mm -hmm. everyone, no matter who they are. And you can feel people whose hearts are open. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy because there's a lot going on in our individual lives and in our country and in the world that can make us want to close down our hearts. Mm -hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of us have had trauma early in our lives that have caused us to close down our hearts. But you can heal from that. I'm an example of it. I just, to just today, I saw someone who had been traumatized for a long time in their life because of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And just a little understanding and a little direction. Mm -hmm. And I gave him a book to read and I got someone to talk to him and I saw him today. And it's so clear, his heart is open. Right. Well, you showed he your He could love. look me in the eye, mm -hmm. and he could laugh and smile. And he's in his 40s. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he's been, he's been under a dark cloud for a long time. And that was just an, another example to me of how you can heal. But it takes, in, again, intentionality. You have right. to be intentional about it. You told me once that one of the ways to love is to open yourself to love. And then you will get more love. That's right. Love is additive. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the more you have, the more you have. <laughs> well, if you've gone through three marriages, you uh -huh. say, how do you have the courage to love again? Well, I never stop. I love my ex-husbands. I'd love the guy that's dead, but he, he's dead. I mean, he used to spend Christmas with me after we split up for a long time. It's a great way to be sure that all your kids will be there and they don't have to pick which parent they're going to be with. Exactly. But, um, but no, I, I, love, I love all the people that have been in my life. What does romance mean to you? <sighs> She's swooning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let's start with the beginning. Romance is when your heart begins to race and you can feel energy flow from the top of your head to the tip of your toes through your body. It may kind of 
get a little warm around the pelvic area, but it's you can feel the energy in your body. You can feel your body come alive. Your body is humming, and your your pulse gets a little faster when you think about the object of your of your of your love. That's one thing. Another thing is kissing. Man, there's nothing better than good kissing. I'm with you, Jane. Oh, man. <laughs> I have a boyfriend now. I can stand and kiss him for an hour without ever moving. Jane! I know. It's so good. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> God Kissing bless you. Is, is a great thing. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it nice that it's all the other stuff? You know, it's the... It's Skin the, time. Yeah. And holding hands and... And missing someone and being excited to know that you're going to be talking to them in a minute and looking forward to seeing them and planning what you're going to do and things like that. Do you write love letters? Mm. Love notes? I used to. I haven't in a long time. Doesn't sound like you really need to, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like all you got to do is pick up the phone and say, hey, kiss her. <laughs> Hot lips. <laughs> That's great. So is dating different at this time? Well, you know, the candles come out and the lights go down, and and uh... <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's a lot better, Jay. <laughs> well, I think for women, it it gets better as you get older. I really do, because you don't worry about getting pregnant, and and uh, you're not in the market. You know what I mean? You're just, at least for me and other women friends that I have, it's a time where sometimes for the first time in our lives, we're not afraid to ask for what we want. We're not all about pleasing the other, but we we know what we want and we know what we don't want. Yeah. And thank you for stopping by the neighborhood. You too. You promise to come back? I certainly will, Ro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're listening to Rolanda. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. And I was doing a book signing years ago, and some guy says, David, two words, change my life. Two words, change my life. And I said, and, and God was speaking to me because I am rather obtuse at times. I said, be happy. What? Three words. Be happy now. Be happy now. Be happy now. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. Thank you so much for listening to Rolanda On Demand today. You could have been doing anything and you spent the time with me, and I'm so appreciative. Coming up next, Dr. Julianne Malveaux with some amazing, awesome women from history as we celebrate International Women's Day and Women's History Month. I hope while you're relaxing, you'll pick up my novel, Destiny Lingers. It's a good romance suspense novel about an investigative news reporter who uncovers the biggest story of her life, leading her to meet her first love, a second chance at first love. What would you do if you had that opportunity? Anyway, go check it out. It's Destiny Lingers. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kindle. Just check it out. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. So I go out to the restaurant. Charles says, oh, you look divine with your hanging moons. I said, my what? Pointing to my chest. And I'm going, first of all, Charles, I love you to death. You're my friend. But in America, you don't look at a woman and say, hanging anything. I said, couldn't you have said something like, rising sunsets, my cresting ellipses? He says, that was a compliment where I come from. There's more Rolanda next. Because like I said, it is March, and it is Women's History Month. We're going to talk about some women that I bet you have never even heard of. I was just talking about um, 
one of my favorite women of history, Miranda Smith, who so many people haven't heard of. Here was a young woman, I don't even think she was 23 when she kicked off the first integrated strike against the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company in my hometown of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She created Local 22 of the International Tobacco Workers Union, and she was just a little hellfire. And so many people don't know about her. I didn't even know about her growing up in Winston-Salem. But that is the joy of women coming together to talk about, you know, our history. And coming up, I have a wonderful friend who's going to join us, Dr. Julianne Malveaux, who many of you know as a labor economist. You see her on all of the major news shows. You saw her a lot on the Rolanda show. And she's just an author, a former president of Bennett College, and just somebody who knows the gravitas and richness of women and their contributions. We're going to talk with her right after this, but first, one of our great Auntie Maya, and she reminds us all that so many other women have come before us and that we have to wear the crown. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling. I bear in the time, leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. Joining me right now is one of them. She's one of my favorite ladies, Dr. Julianne Malvo. We have contributed so much on Earth. But, you know, I think that as as we go through Women's History Month, we, we celebrate. There's so many vast areas of celebration that women have contributed to. And I know that you are such a historian. Not only are you a labor economist and uh, the former president of Bennett College, you are so into women and empowerment. You're into politics. You um, are noted author. You're a commentator, a speech writer, a speech a speaker. Yourself, there's so many things that you do, and you're very strong in politics. When it comes down to women who impress you, who are some of your top women? Like as you're looking at Women's History Month, who 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 does a great woman like you honor? Well, you know, I start off with with our sisters, with African American women, but there's so many other women uh, that are important. But let me, my own hero is a woman named Dr. Phyllis Ann Wallace. Nobody knows her. She was the first African-American woman to get her doctorate in economics from Yale University. Wow. In the 1940s. She did a bunch of stuff. Um, In fact, I still have the letter that she got um, from Adam Clayton Powell, who invited her to come and work for the government. And she went to work for the government. She actually worked for the CIA, Rolanda. In the Um, 40s? In the 50s, yes, ma'am. 
worked for the CIA, ended up working with Ken Clark on the doll studies, and then coming to MIT, which is where I met her. And it was really, really funny because one day um, a bunch of folks were sitting outside. We were going to something, and I was her little intern. And these guys were yelling about the CIA, and I said, oh, Dr. Wallace, they said, you're in the CIA. That couldn't be possible, is it? She said, well, it could be. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, but, you know, she never, people didn't know about it, and she lived a life of relative isolation. Who do you tell? You you go have tea with your girlfriends. Oh, yeah, I was just spying on so-and-so. You, can't, you, know, you really can't do that. <laughs> now you, now you would be a reality show. You know, exactly. She spoke six, lang- six languages, but she was my mentor who helped me through and, um, so I, I, people don't know about her. She was the first research director at EEOC. She was responsible for changing the way that we tested on, um, you know, you always have these tests to get government jobs, and she changed all those. She's like, all these questions are irrelevant. Wow. And so she was like a total leader. But people don't know about her, Dr. Phyllis Ann Wallace from Baltimore. Um, another sister I would always like to lift up is a. Constance Baker Motley, and Phyllis and Constance were buddies. Phyllis um, did not pledge, and, you know, I'm a Delta, of course, but Connie Motley was an AKA, and I was, I say, well, I'll give her props. But she was one of the first judges in New York City, uh, mm-hmm. the first black woman judges. She also went to Yale, got her law degree at Yale. She is the shoulders on which people like Marion Wright Edelman and Eleanor Holmes Norton, who also went to Yale, stand on. Um in New York City, just making phenomenal public policy. You know, another woman that I would really talk about is Constance Baker Newman. You know Connie because you've seen her, you know, at Dr. Myers and other places, but a lot of people don't know her accomplishments. Undersecretary of State, uh, listed as one of the top, she and only um, one other African-American, one of the top government administrators, has worked under Democrats, under Republicans in international affairs, still goes to um, countries that you and I wouldn't go to because we couldn't wear our pumps. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when people say, well, can I, buy, can I wear my heels? No. Okay, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but she goes to those places to help them count votes. Let me get off our sisters for a minute and come back to them. But one of the persons that nobody knows about Rolanda that I'm always intrigued about is March Fong Yu. Who is that? She was the Secretary of State in California for like six terms. She is an Asian woman. I was about to say, she sounds Asian. She's an Asian woman who came out and went to the assembly in California and leaving the assembly went on to be Secretary of State. No one ever lifts her up. Never, I don't a, even know. I, I, you know, why? Why is this that we don't know about all these women who've done such tremendous things to shape this nation? Because my line has always been: history belongs to she who holds the pen. The mm-hmm. lions don't write. You know, the lambs don't write a story. The lions do. So you never hear about these phenomenal women because women are not writing the story. When mm-hmm. the men write the story, we're in the sidelines. When we write a story, we tell the story about ourselves. It's just like the story, you know, for five years at Venn College, you know, I became something of an outlaw because I would never allow the story of the A&T 4 to be told without adding the fact that Bennett women were in the house. 
And that's and tell that been, story. Tell that briefly. Tell that story briefly for people who who aren't from where we're from, who know that story like it's the back of our hand. Tell that story because that is so important. And tell the importance of the Bennett the Bennett Bell's contribution. Yeah, thank you for asking me that. You know, uh, February first, nineteen sixty. We all know the story of the four men who sat at the lunch counter in Woolworths and wouldn't leave, and all of that. But backstory. All of that stuff was planned at Bennett College. There was a professor who essentially was meeting with the students, NAACP work, all working together, including the Bennett women. When those men went to the counter, those women were sitting in the house. Now, we know what it was like in 1960. No brothers were going to let you or I sit at the counter when crazy melanin-deprived people were throwing matches and all that. So they were chivalrous toward the sisters, but the sisters were there. And, you know, Frank McCain, who sat there, his wife, Betty McCain, was a bit at bell. She was there. These women were there. I don't want to diminish the importance of what the brothers did, but I want the brothers to talk about what all happened. And Bennett Professor Dr. Linda Brown has written a book that I commissioned when I was president called Bells of Liberty that really talks about that. The women who were in the classes of 57 to 60, they were there. And wow. even my, my brother, Reverend, Jack, Reverend Jesse Jackson, my big brother, my dear friend, he always says we couldn't have done this without the Bennett women. But that has been swallowed by history. That's how you miss a March Fong you because nobody's writing our history. We women, black, white, Asian, Latina, we forget about ourselves. So we don't write our own story, and if we don't write it, who will? Who will lift us up? That's right. Now you were president of Bennett College. I'm I'm proud to say one of my great grandfathers. I'm always throwing this in to help found. Yeah, yeah, that is wonderful, wonderful, and we appreciate it. Yeah, but you were there leading women. As you know, one of the things that I know you and I both inspire young women to do is become leaders be just don't be the full woman be a leader of other women too what do you say to that to women who are who may be tuning into the show who are i'm always encouraging people to go for their passion and try something new and not be afraid to fail leadership is one of those new things to try what do you tell women of all ages in terms of how they live their lives? How can I be a leader tomorrow? How can, how can I make history? As Auntie Maya says, we're making history every single day we live. We have an opportunity to make history. Well, how do you encourage that spirit in others? You know, I tell people, first of all, to find their passion. Yeah. What makes your temperature rise? Mm. You know, what makes you happy? What makes you dance? You know, Hone into that. Number two, the most important part of leadership is to lead yourself. Hey. You can't lead yourself. You can't lead anybody else. That means leading in terms of your, all your habits, your eating, your exercise. Most of us know what we need to do to be excellent. Many of us won't do it. Mm-hmm. Own your excellence, and when you own your excellence, you own everybody in your space because you're telling them and showing them what you can possibly do. Mm -hmm. So lead yourself and then lead others. You don't have to have a title or a position to be a leader. Mm -hmm. What you have to have is integrity and intensity. So whether you're the clerical worker in the office, the manager, or the president, integrity and intensity, people will buy into that. They won't Mm -hmm. buy into your ambivalence. 
If you're not clear about what you want, you can't lead anybody else there. More from Julianne Malvo right after this. But first, don't forget to subscribe to Rolanda On Demand. And be sure to leave a rating and review, but only if you like the show. Only if you like it. And please share with your circle of friends. And don't forget the archives. My goodness, there's some great shows back there for you to enjoy. So download, 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 and enjoy Rolanda On Demand. I cannot begin to tell you how much it means to me that you are listening, and I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you have any comments or you have some shows you'd like me to do, then hit me up at Rolanda at Rolanda.com. Looking for a juicy romance? I mean a book. (laughs) Then pick up Destiny Lingers. It's my romance suspense novel endorsed by Dr. Maya Angelou. It's about a New York City news reporter who discovers a big secret about her own life and goes home to get her head together and re-meets her first love. It's a juicy one. Destiny Lingers. Check it out at Amazon. And for those of you who are on Clubhouse, please follow me. I just started two new clubs. One, the joys of voice acting. And number two, reinvention retreat. Rolanda's Reinvention Retreat. So come on over to Clubhouse and join the fun and the conversation. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. In my story where I did do it one time to a guy, it's because he looked like Morris Chestnut. Ooh. Ooh. But he was dumb as doornails. <laughs> but I think we've Amy, all done the L.O. Amy, my angel, I'm going to tell your mother on you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but if my mom saw him, Yvette, she'd be proud of me, too. <laughs> There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. One thing I love about you, Julianne, we're talking to Dr. Julianne Malvo today, labor economist, former president of Bennett College for Women, and just an all-around dynamite woman uh, who is very astute in politics, very astute in leadership, and very astute in women's history. And we're talking with her before we let women's history get out of here. I, I, you know, I, we, you and I, Julianne, we celebrate women's contributions to the earth every single day, every moment of the day. And uh, I, I, one of the things I, I love about you, and you know, you used to be on my on the Rolanda show back in the girl. Listen. My mother used to call me and say, I like that lady. She's smart. She's clear. She's astute. And, and, you know, that's what I've always loved about you. You're a fighter. Our Auntie Maya has always been someone who talks about courage. And her favorite and her most famous, one of her most famous quotes is, courage is the greatest of all virtues because without courage you can't exude any other virtue with, with consistency. How has courage played in your life? Because you're one of the most courageous people I know. Well, you know, I don't have a cut card. I think I was kind of raised that way, that I don't have a cut card. I was, um, you know, we always see each other on Facebook, and someone was talking about black folks who read. Well, I grew up kind of in the hood, and reading was not the most popular thing to do. And I remember getting my butt beat, quite frankly, by my brothers and sisters who were annoyed that I walked down the street, and I'm, you know, with ten books in my hand. And as I walked down the street, my little hood friends would say, what you doing with all them books? And (laughs) and I might read them. And, you know, half the time they let me go, half the time a fight would ensue. And then if the fight ensued, I had to go back and get my books. They would throw my books. I had to get them because I had to take them back to the library. And the worst time or the best time was one day when I said, y'all don't like the fact I read because y'all don't. And I said, and then I said, and y'all can't. 
Well, you know, the butt whipping that time was especially severe. <laughs> but <laughs> especially severe. <laughs> I mean, they they took me up one side of the street out the other. And then after they beat me up, I went back and got my books and went home. And I was fine. But, you know, but the point is that I have never seen the norm as my norm. I've always seen what can you do. I love Dr. Bai when she encourages us talking about courage because I've always just felt like if you want it, go after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have to, if you see it, speak it. Um, you know, you and I know we pay the price as women of a certain age and women in the media. If you are too honest, you get kicked to the curb. But I'd rather be kicked to the curb than be at the center and be a liar. I just can't tell anything but the truth. I mean, I loved my time at Bennett College. As you know, it was a great adventure for me. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment at which I understood that I was a square peg in a round hole, you know, that I had always been such a free spirit that some of the stuff I said just didn't go down well. You're listening to Dr. Julianne Malveau who is talking about some very famous women in history and just being a woman of history as well. Um, every day, I, I know you're you're like Julianne and I, we're hoping to make some kind of history to make a difference in our lives. A lot of people listening, Julianne, are in that, that uh, crux in life. They're in a rut. They're ready to change, to reinvent themselves. But yeah, it takes a lot of... We'll go back to courage to do that. What do you say to people who are like, I am so miserable in what I'm doing right now. I have a voice that needs to be heard, and I'm not in the right place. And they're afraid to take that leap. Or maybe a job is closed down on them, and they're afraid of the change that that represents. What do you say? Close your eyes and go inside. Hmm. Close your eyes and go inside. How can you work it out? You know, I was at an event on Monday evening. I think there may have been six people who came up to me just serendipitously, not, you know, to talk about changes in life. A sister who was trying to get out of banking and wanted to raise money for girls' organizations. Mm-hmm. A brother who had lost his job and was thinking about a furniture company. I mean, this is where we are. Mm-hmm. If you're of this age, we're in our 50s, maybe pushing up on 60. And, you know, you've done what you had to do, but you've got to grab your passion. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be faithful and trust. And you've got to have a plan B, which means if you've got one of those six-figure jobs and you're saying, I want to start a business or I want to start counseling girls, well, you're going from six figures to five figures and maybe even four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let's if just they, tell they, the truth and shame if, the you're, if you're lucky. <laughs> so how, what's your plan about that? Right. But I think that we have to think outside the box. And I think women have always done it, Rolanda. We we have had to think outside the box. We've talked about these women. One of the women who's been swallowed by history, and I just adore her, although I think she was crazier than Cootie Brown, was Victoria Woodhull. (laughs) Now, who is that? She she was the first woman to run for president of the United States. She was also Victoria Woodhull. W-O-O-D-H-U-L-L. And when did she run for president? Back in the 1890s or something. What? The women couldn't even vote then. Yeah, and she she was quite a character. She was about, quote, free love. So she felt that women should be able to marry, divorce, and bear children without government interference. Divorce. You know, we're talking 
you know, we're talking the 19th century, where women were, you know, like three steps up from slaves. Right. My girl is saying, you can divorce if you want to. Now, like I said, she was quite a character. Her life was a lot of drama. But what I think that we have a lot of drama. <laughs> I can only but imagine. What, but what I think that people should know about her is that she's a feminist icon and that her name, again, has been swallowed by history. And so, so many of us are swallowed. Rolanda, your mama. I just adore your mama. She is such a special <laughs> human being, Miss yes, Velma Watts and Miss Dr. Velma Watts. Uh, yeah. But we can tell stories about her. You know, and all of us have folks like that that in Women's History Month, we have to lift up not only the people who are public, but the people who are private, Mm -hmm. because it really allows us to walk down a road that they have paid for us. You know, in the room that I write, Ro, I have a picture of my great-great-grandmother. Her name was Addie Hawkins. She was a maid, and she was from Mississippi. She went to work in Iowa with the white folks, and she was there for about 10 years. She met a man that she loved very much, and but he was a gambler. And she told him, if you send me your paychecks for 10 weeks, then I'll marry you. Because she wanted to know that he wouldn't spend all his money. Well, she's a smart woman. And so he sent the paychecks, and they married, and they moved back to Mississippi. But she was a maid. And I keep her picture on my wall because I want to remind myself that when I say it's a hard work to write an article, she's the one who worked hard. That's and right. And she was a maid so that I didn't have to be. Mm. But all of us have that story in our lives, and we have to connect with those stories. That's because right. when we connect with those stories, we're empowered. When I'm sitting at my desk and some editor is yelling at me about 750 words, mm-hmm. I look at her and say, 750 words? How many pounds of laundry did you have to clean? And all I got to do is write some words mm-hmm. just to get off your behind and stop whining. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Now, a whole lot of women of history and a lot of women of today are trying to deal every minute with how am I going to deal with this hater today? As I love what Cat Williams, the, the, the funny man, says, I don't wake up unless I got 14 haters out there waiting for me. <laughs> And then some people say, I need to get some more haters because my haters are starting to like me. What's your position on haters, and how do you handle them? I have to ignore them. I mean, obviously there are times when it hits you in your soul, when something somebody says about you or writes about you or talks about you just hits you like, you know, dag, did they really say that? But at the end of the day, what does Dr. Myers say to us? The truth is a stubborn fact. And the lie will die. Hey. And that what you know what that means? I always tell people don't be a haterator, be a congratulator. Because <laughs> if there's something I have that you want, celebrate the fact that you can have it too. That's right. What God has for you is for you. You what God has for you is for you. But it's hard. But you know, you rise above it when you say, you know, I am not giving hate any energy. Mm-mm. And that's what you have to say. Mm. You know. I am, or there's a song back in the day, which shake, 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 shake the devil off, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he works overtime and takes no vacation. You know, but, so we got to shake it off. If you are in right, in spirit, in power, 
you're going to have haters. My favorite verse, Rolanda, in the Bible is uh, 1 Corinthians 16.9. And it is, I am going to do great things and there are many obstacles. It's Paul talking to Corinthians. He says, I am going to do great things and there are many obstacles. And the and is a word that's always hit me. Because if you and I were talking about something, you're going to say, I'm going to go do this film, but this person is blocking me. Mm-hmm. You say, I'm going to write this book, but I can't get to, you know, the editor. Mm-hmm. But what Paul said is, I'm going to do great things, and there are many obstacles. What does the and mean? If you're going to do great things, there will always be obstacles. It's right. not but, it's and. It comes with the territory. If you bad... And there are many obstacles. So don't expect your brilliance, your tenacity, your creativity to be recognized, and there are many obstacles. Mm. So understand, if you have no obstacles, you're sleeping. If you have no obstacles, you're not doing anything. When you are producing, there's going to be somebody who's going to stop your production, and there are many obstacles. So when you step out there, on faith and in love and in creativity and in power, understand there will be obstacles. Mm-hmm. The obstacles are the hater raiders. The obstacles right. are the folks who talk about it. The obstacles are people who create lies about you out of whole cloth. Mm-hmm. You know, whole cloth. Nothing that has relation to anything you ever did. But you know something I always say, but you cannot lose your focus. Come on, adversity, hit me because I got something for you. But you can't lose your focus. And you just keep, you know what to say, they, they, they say, stay low and keep moving. Stay well, that's, low that's and keep the moving. end. That's yeah. the end. And if you know you're centered and you're sitting on faith, you know what you're doing. And I mean, that's just a sideline. I mean, I just love the verse. I mean, I play with it. I preach on it, speak on it. I don't preach. They don't let me in church to preach. Uh, but every now and then. <laughs> Not yet. But Not yet, Dr. Um, Dr. Malmo. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't gonna be the reverend doctor, uh, but yeah, but that hand is so powerful because I people always come to you and they'll tell you what's holding them up. I'm like, well, what does that have to do with you? Mm-hmm. What really does that have to do with you? Now we all wallow in our pain and we all take a minute to feel sorry for ourselves, but then you get up and you shake the devil off. That's right. And you take and and you put it on a flag and say and. I mean, I have a good friend. Uh, and when people get ignorant with us, we look at each other and say, and. And. It's like, and. Oh, like, so good. like, and. Because, you know, they're going to be an obstacle. It's like, rather than deal with this fool, we just say to each other, and. They and can it it comes with territory. It, and it can mm-hmm. keep you sharp. Keep you sharp. We'll be right back after this with Dr. Julianne Melvo. It's Rolanda. Ro, she says, I sit here and wash my dishes listening to you. Oh, that's and great. And she said, you're my kitchen companion. That's what the whole thing is that you talk about and I talk about, too, is that is going for your dreams, trying something new, not being afraid to fail. We need to have passion in whatever we do. Without that passion, which is where the center of our creativity is, you're not going to have a fulfilling life. There's more Rolanda next. Talk. Listen. Connect. Now let's get back to our guest, Dr. Julianne Malvo, economist, columnist, author, political commentator, and the 15th president of Bennett College. In celebration of Women's History Month, we're celebrating historic women. 
You know what else, though, Ro? We talked about lifting up some people. I want to just take a minute, if I could, to say something about Dolores Huerta, because I wanted to talk about women of all races. So Dolores Huerta, who worked with the farm workers, again, is a woman we don't know very much about. We need to lift her up. And I think Wilma Mankiller, uh, who was a Native woman, first uh, chief of the Cherokee tribe. Um, And and what's her name again? Wilma Mankiller. Oh, I remember her. That's right. You know, I, you know, we we have such a rich history as African American women, but our sisters in other communities have rich histories too, like March Fong Yu and so many others. And we have to begin to support each other. And so, as I bring people to my website and want to talk, I want to keep talking to you, and I want to keep talking to us about our history and our vitality because it makes us strong. You just, I'm so proud of you because you're so bodacious and you're just so beautiful and you're so focused and just such a great leader in whatever you do. And you are not scared to to lift your voice, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bold Radio for Women, it's Rolanda. So I go out to the restaurant. Charles says, oh, you look divine with your hanging moons. I said, my what? Pointing to my chest. And I'm going, first of all, Charles, I love you to death. You're my friend. But in America, you don't look at a woman and say, hanging anything. I said, couldn't you have said something like, rising sunsets, my cresting ellipses? He says, that was a compliment where I come from. There's more Rolanda next. Bold radio for women, it's Rolanda. As opposed to getting that big pot out, you start with very little water. You start with your trinity, some onions and bell pepper and garlic. Oh, that's uh, your, oh, I like that, your trinity. There's all types of onions. I use every one, the red onion, the white onion, the brown onion, even the green onion. And, and you say if you don't like onions. Don't even tell people that you have it in there. <laughs> There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. Also, follow me on social media at Rolanda Watts. Have a great day, everybody. Keep on listening to Rolanda On Demand. Your support means the world to me. If you like the show, please leave a review and a rating. And don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe as well. Thanks so much again for listening. Now go out there and do something good. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.